Welcome to Ask ALB, a new podcast that features interviews with prominent lawyers and thought leaders. We will discuss legal trends, create usable takeaways to tackle pressing legal issues, and hear inspiring stories from senior lawyers. My name is Marian from Asian Legal Business. We are very excited to do this show, and we hope you enjoy and find it useful for your work. Please note that the content of this podcast is not to be taken as professional advice, but just general guideposts. This week's episode will focus on driving digital transformation in the modern in-house legal department. And our guest today is Vincent Nang, General Counsel at Cloak, a world-leading travel activities and services booking platform founded in Hong Kong. As the first lawyer at Cloak, Vincent established the legal and compliance team, which supports the rapid growth and localization of Cloak globally and provided advice on three rounds of fundraising. This effort saw Cloak achieving unified status during the same period, further empowering the company's global expansion and strengthening its pioneer role in the in-destination travel industry. Uh, let's welcome Vincent today to our show. How are you doing today, Vincent? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Okay, I'm good. We're very happy that you're joining us. So to start off, do tell us more about yourself and how did you start with your professional journey? Sure, absolutely. So I was actually trained up as a capital markets and m lawyer. Um, I was trained at Latin Rovery in Freshfields in Hong Kong. Um, after working in both firms for six years, I actually moved in-house with Deutsche Bank's in-house legal department covering capital market transactions in Asia Pacific. Mm -hmm. um, after that, I took a little bit like a detour of my um, legal career and went in-house with um, a, um, a hospitality company, which is hired hotels and resorts. Uh, and in those few years, I've been covering hotel management transactions in Asia. And after that, in 2018, I actually joined Kluk to set up the legal department. And as the first lawyer, um, I built a legal team within the first 18 months of me joining. Um, so mm -hmm. that's the current status right now. Oh, okay. So that's great. It seems that, you know, you've dabbled on a lot of things, but you've mentioned that you're the first lawyer in Cloak. Maybe you could tell us more about that. Sure, absolutely. So Cloak is actually a Hong Kong-based um, travel platform founded in it 2014. Is. Um, mm -hmm. by our three co-founders. Um, in 2018, they realized that the company was growing very, very quickly. And after taking a few rounds of funding, uh, they realized that the company is ready for the next stage of growth. And hence, we needed a legal department to really continuously empower the growth of the company. And that's mm -hmm. when I joined the company. Um, in the first couple of months, it was a bit daunting uh, because my background, as I mentioned, was mainly um, for the large part of my career, I was a capital markets lawyer. And mm -hmm. then with hired hotels, I was very focused on hotel transactions. Mm -hmm. um, with Kluk, um, it's, uh, it's very different. Number one is a tech company. Number two, um, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, brand new company with no legal and compliance function at all. So I had to really sort of like roll up my sleeve. In the first few months, basically, I was looking at all the contracts and at mm -hmm. the same time building the infrastructure for the entire company. And uh, interesting enough, um, in 2018, 
Um, some of you might remember that was the year that GDPR came into effect. So yes. I literally had just a few months to implement that. Um, so all in all, a lot happening in the first year. And in the second year, uh, I was able to uh, build a legal function that right now we see 14 of our staff spread across five locations, which uh, com comprises legal team right now. Oh, okay. So um, as a general counsel, how do you actually create a workplace that fosters digital collaboration and communication both internally and externally, especially you know, amidst the COVID-19 pandemic? Absolutely. Um, I think the fortunate thing for, for us is that digital collaboration is actually the DNA of this company. So mm -hmm. everyone joining our company would have to be very agile very open-minded and be at least receptive to digital collaboration and communications. And hence, in the legal department, we have to be very aligned with the company's culture. Um, as I mentioned, um, the legal team is actually spread across five locations in different mm -hmm. time zones, and we have a lawyer in London as well. So we are actually very used to using instant messaging to communicate. Um, so for the legal team, we have a weekly meeting um, all these weekly meetings are conducted through video calls since day one, even before COVID. Hence, before COVID, we are already very used to communicating and collaborating virtually. Um, now, with COVID setting in, uh, obviously the the sort of like the the operation model has to change a little bit because we are not able to travel, we are not able to meet the team members physically. Mm -mm. Um, so yeah. we have actually increased our intensity of communication. Um, but with the habit that, that we've built before COVID, we are able to work very seamlessly when physical collaboration and communication is limited. Well, that actually makes sense, you know, because your department is already digitally receptive. Then I believe the transition was actually smooth. Okay. Exactly. So, uh -huh. so speaking of technology, um, maybe you could tell us, what are some of the technologies and solutions which in-house legal teams can leverage on to actually deliver quality and efficient legal services today? Sure. Um, I think uh, we are very fortunate that uh, we have the opportunity to build a legal team from scratch. So we do not have the historic burden that a lot of the companies would have. Um, but for those, I think there are different challenges and opportunities. For us, uh, since we're building things you know, afresh, what we've decided to do on day one is that we already have a dedicated legal operations function um, you know, since the very, very beginning. So our dedicated legal operations function is constantly improving the quality and efficiency of the legal support by process and system optimization. And we are always trying to reimagine how legal advice can be delivered. Mm -hmm. So how that began uh, in the very beginning, how do we come to what we have right now in terms of the systems and processes? The legal operations function actually spends six months researching on the suitability and flexibility of various tools. And we've also mapped out over 100 contracting processes within this company. Um, and um, that covers all the sort of like different business units in the 20 plus offices uh, around the world that we have. The result of this very extensive study and mapping is a very 
bespoke contract management system that combines use of legal and other tech tools, uh, such as a customer servicing ticketing system uh, and work management system, which allows the Kluk Legal team to function as a dedicated and specialized customer service center to all business units. This is actually part of it is the tool that we've chosen actually reflects the mentality that we've been trying to um, um, encourage our legal team to function as, i.e. we want to be a customer service center within the company. We want to treat our customers internally um, as much as how we treat our customers externally. We want to be helpful to our customers. And, and the only difference is that we, we have some special knowledge in, in law. So that's mm-hmm. sort of like very aligned with the culture that we are trying to build with this, with this legal team. Okay, uh, interesting. So um, banking on that, so maybe you could share with the audience um, from your personal experiences, of course, some best practices and cases um, on how you've led and driven digital transformation without, within the in-house legal teams. Sure. As I mentioned, we actually spent six months in researching on Research. different tools and, and also mapping, right? So I think um, for us, it's about problem solving. So I personally see that the most important thing or the starting point would be identifying what problems we are trying to solve. Um, with that, I think different companies face different challenges and opportunities. For us, we are very contract heavy um, because mm. um, you know if you open our app, you see tens of thousands of activities around the world. So every of this activity would be backed by a contract with a merchant that we work with. So there are a huge number of contracts here. And um, how do we actually align those contracts and make sure that they are signed properly, they are reviewed properly, they are approved properly? Mm -hmm. These are the issues that we face initially. So for other companies, they may not be as contract intensive because they tend to have higher value, but less contracts. That will be a completely different game. So for us, trying to identify the problem and resolving it, I think is the step one. Um, Step two, I would say once we've identified problem, we share it with um, the internal teams, I mean, outside of legal, so that we get the right Mm -hmm. buy-in from the team leaders. Um, so implementation of any legal technology or even legal operation tools would involve some changes to a certain extent. So, you know, I, as we all know, people don't generally like changes, but how do we actually get their buy-in and let them know that we are trying to resolve a problem for everyone? That I think is very important. So, so I would say identifying the right stakeholders uh, within the company and then try to persuade them that, that this is the problem that we're trying to resolve for everyone, that I think is, is, is very important. Um, and with that, I think, you know, uh, encouraging at least the legal team to embrace the changes and accept the, the, the sort of like the pros and cons that the technology may bring along, that is also important because whatever technology it is, it's not going to be, you know, the, 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 it's not going to resolve all the problems. So, so with the new technology, it would resolve a lot of things, but at the same time, it would create new problems. So the mentality to really embrace it and, and also be able to accept not only the, 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 the positive side, but also the negative side, 
that is actually a mentality that that we need to sort of like um, encourage internally. Um, mm-hmm. One last thing I would mention is also um, with the speed of the company that 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 is developing right now. I I often say that it feels like for us is actually building a skyscraper on a moving train. So there's there's no point in time that we can feel that like or we should be looking for the train to stop or slow down and then you start building because that would mm-hmm. just not happen. Um, even with, for example, with COVID, right? Like we are a travel company, so so there had to be a lot of changes that we had to do last year. So mm-hmm. so so the train is still moving ahead. It's just that at a slightly different direction because of the pandemic, right? So I think what we've learned is actually the flexibility of the tool is very important, and we would never try to look for. The perfect system, the perfect tool, because it just doesn't exist. At any mm-hmm. different point in time, you're trying to resolve like different problems. So, so I think we try to find a system or a few systems that are actually flexible enough for us to make fine tuning possible, and and just keep developing it organically over time. That's how we've been building our systems. Okay, so um, yeah, that that was quite insightful, and um, I do love the thought that you've expressed here that there's no perfect system for all, and that we should stop looking for a one size fits all solution, right? Yeah, correct. So, um, do you think um, right now as a closing for today's episode, are there any tips which you could share? with um, other companies in terms of like, you know, boosting synergy and working relationships between in-house legal and legal operation teams in the digital age? Hmm. Sure. I think, um, you know, one one thing that first and foremost, uh, as I mentioned, um, any adoption of, of any new tools, it's mm-hmm. really to resolve a problem. So I think a lot of people are talking about legal operations and tools as mm-hmm. if they are the panacea to all the problems, or they are actually looking to implement for the sake of implementing something. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it's important to know what issues we are trying to address. And mm-hmm. also, you know, the two themselves um, are important, but I find that more important is actually the mentality of the people using the tool. So with our legal team, I think we are very fortunate that we have a very open-minded team that is... Very dynamic team. Exactly, exactly. So, so, you know, throughout my three plus years here, we've actually had to use different systems for contracting. For example, um, you know, we are already using the third contracting system that, 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 you know, the the business units have have actually implemented. so three within three years, three systems to, to look at contracts, that's actually, um, I think, um, you know, a lot of people would find challenging. But as I said, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm, I, I think that we are very blessed that our team members are actually very agile and they are very, very open to changes. So that's, uh, I think it's, you know, almost the first and foremost before you actually need to make sure before you actually find a legal technology system. Um, so, so with that, I think, I think one of the key points, uh, with, with people, people management is that we need to make sure that we engage 
the, the legal team and the, the business team early on to communicate with them that, you know, like uh, what what's happening, i.e. that's part of the change management process. Um, we find that, you know, the, having enough time to collect that feedback and also make it clear that, you know, the, the digital transformation or the system that we implement are here to help support and enhance their daily life instead of hindering and adding extra work to them, that's very important. And, and obviously, you know, I think with every system that we implement, there would be slightly more extra work. Obviously, you know, the, the easiest thing for contract co contract is like for the users, they just email you or they just walk over with like a few uh, pages printed out physically mm -hmm. and they hand them on to you. I, I think there's no doubt about that. That would be the easiest. However, how do we persuade them that, you know, we move, need to move on? We need to have a system that captures things properly, right? And how is that benefiting not just legal, but also the business teams? That's the sort of like the user engagement and education that, that is important. Um, the, the other part is actually, um, you know, I think, I think these are sort of like um, the, 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 the softer side of things. But uh, mm -hmm. we also find that, you know, um, um, sharing uh, uh, KPIs with our team uh, to drive mm -hmm. continuous improvement is, is also important. So we've been implementing KPIs that, are, that would actually help measure the team's objectives and focuses. And, and, and with that, we actually have a digital reporting dashboard that is communicated to the team. Um, and, and, and on what data is actually captured in the system. That actually um, helps with evaluating the, the team members' um, workload and also their, 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 they can see the result of, of what it is. I think that's actually a, a very important thing that, so that people actually know that um, they are, are, are sort of like the impact that they're making through this digitalization process. And, and with that, I think one final point I would mention is that, um, you know, um, as I mentioned, uh, collecting user feedback is important. Um, I believe that, you know, to foster and promote a feedback culture that allows the team to openly provide comments to legal operations, for example, uh, would be critical to the success of the, you know, any adoption of new tools or the digitalization process. Thanks, Vincent, for sharing your thoughts um, and advice during today's show. We do hope that the audience have gained useful tips and strategies that they may find useful for their work. So where can our listeners actually find you if they have any questions regarding the issues and the topics that we discussed today? Sure. Um, if anybody would like a discussion on, on what what I what we just discussed now, happy to sort of like um, discuss further on LinkedIn, and I'm very easily searchable on LinkedIn. Okay, thank you so much, Vincent. With that, we have come to the end of today's episode of Ask ALB. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Remember, Ask ALB can be streamed on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We'll catch you on the next episode.